following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. For many women, there is anxiety and depression mixed in with the joy and the love they feel for their baby. And I think normalizing that dichotomy, making people recognize that you're not alone. Most people have mixed emotions about this and normalizing the idea that the process of becoming a mom is doesn't end at six weeks when you come for your postpartum visits. Matriescence goes on much longer than that, probably closer to a year after a birth before you are physically and mentally kind of put back together. This episode of Two Kids and a Career is brought to you by Elemental Aesthetics. You can be guaranteed that your experience is going to be unique and customized to your specific needs. See how they can help you focus on natural beauty enhancements by visiting ElementalAesthetics.com. Hi there, and welcome to Two Kids in a Career. I'm Jill Devine. As an entrepreneur, wife, and mama, the daily grind of trying to build a business while taking care of kids and trying to maintain a healthy connection with my hubby, it's a lot. With this podcast, you're going to hear candid conversations with other moms, parenting experts who can share their knowledge and insight, or you'll just hear me rambling to get it all out. There's going to be tears, there's going to be laughter, but most importantly, there will be support. Take a listen and connect with me so we can grow and learn from one another. This is Two Kids and a Career. Joining me for a second time on the podcast, Dr. Allison Walsh. I've asked Dr. Allison Walsh to come back because in the episode that we recorded, it was March 16th, 2022. We talked about how I needed you to come back to talk all things OB related. Do you remember that, Dr. Walsh? (laughs) I do. I do. Last time we had so much fun talking about kind of the next stage of life, perimenopause and postmenopausal concerns, but we didn't get to cover what women go through before they get to the menopause. (laughs) Right. So we are totally going the opposite direction. Uh, But first, let's reintroduce you and what you're doing. You are the founder of Women's Lifestyle Solutions. You are like so busy. It's so funny because when I released that episode last year, um, all of a sudden, all these different friends of mine were like, oh, Dr. Walsh is amazing. She delivered my babies. Oh, Dr. Walsh is so awesome. She delivered my babies. I'm like, okay, well then definitely, yes, we have to have her back on to talk about delivering all the babies. Uh, But let's first, yeah, like I said, you are the creator of Women's Lifestyle Solutions. And let's talk a little bit about that and the other things you do besides just delivering babies and talking all OBGYN stuff. Sure. So so before Women's Lifestyle Solutions, there was Obstetrics and Gynecology Care, uh, where I am still a practicing OBGYN. I'm in practice with my mom, who's been an OB in St. Louis for the last 40 years. And that's really how all of this started, was normal general OBGYN delivering babies and taking care of well women visits. Um, from there, I identified a need for some more in-depth work with perimenopausal and menopausal folks with weight and hormone balance, and that's how Women's Lifestyle Solutions came into existence, and that's kind of where we focused last time, but but the OG was obstetrics and gynecology care, so that's where all of my obstetric work happens. Let me first mention that the episode that we recorded is episode 105. So if you want to go back and listen to that and hear that conversation, um, the next thing I want to bring up, though, is that 
you have a two and a four-year-old and I am just like, I feel like I'm busy. Oh my gosh, you're delivering babies. You're helping women with perimenopause and menopause and, and you have two littles. Like, what the heck? How are you doing this? <laughs> well, as I was saying to you just when we were getting started, uh, one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. It is definitely busy. Um, I'm really lucky that it's very fulfilling because that that makes it easier to get up the energy to keep going. But it's it's a rugged schedule, um, but I'm loving it. You know, I think obstetrics really spoke to me as a medical student because it is so fulfilling. When OB is good, there's just nothing better getting to hand someone their new baby. So I think, you know, that's the fun part, if you will, of OBGYN. Um, I'm lucky that I have found a niche in the rest of it that I also love helping with the weight and the perimenopause. But OB was my original love and just getting care to getting to take care of women in that really special time of their life when they are growing another human and preparing to, you know, transform their world by bringing another person into their home. I mean, anyone who's a mother knows what I'm talking about, but especially that first pregnancy, helping people prepare for that experience is really an honor and a, a gift. You just made me flash back to when I was pregnant and the time spent with my doctor. And I can only imagine how hard it must be for, well, I don't know. I don't know. It, if you don't know what you don't know, then you don't know. But what I'm trying to say is that if I didn't have the time spent with me from my doctor and her team, oh my gosh, I would have been so lost. Like there's one thing when it comes to going to see your doctor uh, for your well visits and everything, I would say even before having babies. But I think when I delivered, not think, I know when it was time to deliver my first baby that even though my, my gynecologist, we've been seeing each other forever. That's when we connected the most or when I felt the most safe and the most secure in her. And it's a game changer. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that the obstetric component of women's health uh, really solidifies the relationship for a lot of patients and physicians. Um, it's a intense experience. It's a almost year long experience. And as you were starting to point out, it's really a for us as physicians, it's an educational opportunity because you don't know what you don't know. So it's an opportunity to help women understand their bodies, understand what their bodies are doing growing another human, the embryologic process, um, helping them to stay healthy and well, an opportunity to discuss in greater detail. And I, I think this is getting better too, just broadly speaking, but really comprehensive obstetric care. So I think historically obstetric care was focused on just basically, is the baby normal, good heartbeat, baby's moving, you know, going through the steps, the blood draws and the testing at the appropriate times for a healthy pregnancy. Um, I'm spending more and more time 
both because my patients are interested in and asking questions about it. And because I've personally, as a mom now become much more interested having gone through it myself in, you know, the experience. So talking about pelvic floor and staying strong during pregnancy with pregnancy focused exercise to prevent your core from weakening uh, during and after pregnancy. Um, Spending more time talking about kind of the birth experience. I'm working with more doulas. I'm um, having more patients have an interest in low intervention birth and unmedicated birth. And that's been really cool for me, just the educational component and going back and looking at, okay, so this is how I was trained as a physician in a traditional medical environment around labor and birth and learning from my patients and educating myself on why do we do the things we do? Are there things that we do that could be done differently? Um, does it have to be done the way I was trained or is there another option? I mean, it's been a, it's been a cool time to be an OB because I think women are so strong and so impressive. And I think women are really taking back their pregnancy and birth experiences. And I've enjoyed getting to be a part of that process and also just helping people to hopefully have the birth experience they're seeking. Oh, I have so many different things I need to say. (laughs) Um, First of all, the fact that you mentioned that now that you have babies and you can understand, I mean, it's one thing being a woman and having another woman doctor with the same parts as you to understand, but then to go through it, for me, that's one of the reasons why I chose my OB. I wanted someone who could identify with potentially what I was going through or had some understanding a little bit. And this is nothing against male doctors whatsoever. I just find for me personally, having someone that can relate to me and understand made me feel more comfortable and continues to make me feel more comfortable. I love that I, that you're saying that you see more experience with doulas and different options and that you embrace it. I absolutely love that you mentioned that because I think sometimes I'll talk to women who feel like their doctor won't support that or doesn't really go there because they don't have a lot of experience. And I'll tell you what, I would have loved to maybe have experienced that, like an all natural, there's a part of me that's like, oh, all natural birth would have been amazing. And then I'm like, oh, no, it wouldn't be. But the option <laughs> to ha- to be able to talk about it and to experience it and, and just be open to it, I think that that says a lot about your doctor and the staff that they're with. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, that I think going through as a woman, you know, women caring for women is definitely a thing as a woman and a mom going through the experience um, led me to do a lot of research for myself beyond just basic medical education and that interaction. And then coming back and practicing obstetrics again after having kids I just really felt like there was this void. So I've actually spent the last 18 months or so um, 
working with local partners to put together a comprehensive birth experience uh, suite of packages to address this. So we actually at Obstetrics and Gynecology Care, we are partnering with a doula, a pelvic physical therapy practice, uh, a postpartum and pregnancy focused exercise class, birth photographer and a birth photographer and 40 ultrasound um, businesses now to offer ancillary services because I felt like patients, again, they don't know what they don't know. So I want to offer them these options so they can decide, you know, is this something they want to include in their pregnancy and, you know, give them a head start on kind of thinking through their birth experience. So, you know, women's health, obstetric care should be so much more than basic prenatal care. And with our partners, I feel like my patients are getting that kind of full encircled experience, really thinking about their whole body, their mind, their emotions, that entire experience they're going to go through and hopefully feeling supported in all aspects. When you were talking about the different packages and and the different support, Mm -hmm. It did make me think when you go in, we're having babies. There's so many things that are happening with your body. Like that's where I think that a lot of times it just stops. It's okay, have the baby, take care of the baby. But then we're not thinking about the moms again and what's happening with their bodies. It's literally every single organ system in your body is affected by pregnancy. Yes. Your and eyes, your hair, your skin, all of it. All of it. And and nobody talks to you about it. And then you're confused and you're hormonal. All, all you really know, and I'm not saying that this is this, this is just a generalization is that, you know, you get pregnant, you're going to have all the hormone issues, you're going to have a healthy baby, you're going to have hormone issues, and then you just live on. And it's like, whoa, 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 there's a lot of stuff before, during, and after that aren't covered. And one thing that I was talking about recently with someone is... um I know that this goes to, you know, a whole nother like therapy session here, Dr. Walsh, but like with my core and my abdomen, I have realized lately when, you know, I'm working out and things that my back, it hurts and my core is not strong. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I had to have an emergency C-section with my oldest and then I had a C-section with the youngest and not one person in my family that I, that I know of or best friends have had C-sections. I had no one to talk to about that or no one that understood that. I mean, had I put it out in the universe, like, Hey, can someone talk to me about this? Of course I, I could have, but I don't know that I properly treated my body after that. And I think that's a huge thing. I mean, this is where my doctor and I, and and, and this is classic Jill, I read all the books. I read all the articles. I skipped over the C-section part because I was like, that's not going to apply to me. So when it happened and I just focused on my doctor and she was just like, this is what needs to happen for everyone's safety. And that's all I cared about. 
I mean, I trusted her, but then, you know, I, I, I felt like I was on an Island as saw uh, in regard to like being friends and family and not having that support. Sure. I think, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, I think that's one of the great things about bringing up core strength and exercise and uh, physical therapy and doula support during the pregnancy is it creates a natural avenue for people to contemplate various things that may or may not happen during their pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Um, it, it provides an avenue for discussions about belly birth and what that means for recovery in your birth experience. It provides an avenue for discussion about, you know, that huge transformative process, matriescence, that happens after delivery. What we are increasingly psychologically recognizing is that women effectively go through a, another puberty-like event after they have a baby where they are physically, emotionally, mentally transformed. The process of a mother being born happens after the process of a baby being born. And it's not seamless. And and like birth in general, it's beautiful, painful. It's a mixed experience for a lot of women, you know, mourning their pre-mom life and while being thrilled by and embracing their mom life. Um, that process is is a huge one and it takes many, many months. And, you know, the physical component of that is only one aspect. The emotional and mental component is another huge aspect. So having doula support, um, having good counseling support if necessary, having a really good relationship with your OB as you enter that phase of life is important because uh, for many women, it is a mixed emotion. You know, for many women, there is anxiety and depression mixed in with the joy and the love they feel for their baby. And I think normalizing that dichotomy for women, making people recognize that you're not alone. Most people have mixed emotions about this and and normalizing the idea that the process of becoming a mom is doesn't end at six weeks when you come for your postpartum visits. Matriescence goes on much longer than that, probably closer to a year after a birth before you are physically and mentally kind of put back together. So, I mean, the what, you're, what women go through at various points in their life in terms of what we're expected to endure, transform, and then, and quote unquote, get back to ourselves is kind of crazy if you really think about it. Before we continue the conversation with Dr. Walsh, I want to talk to you about Elemental Aesthetics, one of the sponsors of the podcast, also where Dr. Walsh has one of her practices. So she is an OBGYN, we know that. And then at Elemental Aesthetics, that's where she does her practice uh, for women's lifestyle solutions. And she created this to help women achieve wellness uh, through a combination of solutions from traditional medicine and plant-based solutions, all kinds of different solutions to help women. So she is inside Elemental Aesthetics. And when I was there last, I remember coming out from getting a facial with the boss, Jennifer Warman Bloss, and Dr. Walsh coming out and meeting a woman for the first time and just seeing their connection on 
what was about to happen. And I had no idea what was going to happen, but you could just tell like this, this woman was so super excited to meet Dr. Walsh and Dr. Walsh was just ready to pour into her. That's what's really cool about elemental aesthetics, all these different combos that are happening within, whether it is something like seeing Dr. Walsh and working from the inside to the out to seeing Jennifer Warman Bloss for a facial because, you know, you have some scarring or you just want to be pampered for a day. It all takes place at Elemental Aesthetics. Check them out online, elementalaesthetics.com. And I encourage you, when you make your appointment, mention my name because then you'll get a little goodie back. It's elementalaesthetics.com. Now, back to talking to Dr. Walsh. It, it really is. It, it's one of those like, and when you think about too, the, when you said, you know, you're not alone and you put it out there and, and listen, I have a love hate relationship for social media. We all do probably, but I think that people do get scared and, and maybe you can speak to this a little bit more, but like the, the woman who does lose her baby or has the miscarriage, there's this other component of you don't want to complain or talk about the hard stuff when you know that another woman is suffering. But I, I don't I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you not talk about the hard stuff because you don't want to be felt alone, but then also be sympathetic for someone who doesn't have the baby. Sure. I mean, infertility, pregnancy, pregnancy loss, and these are all things that coexist for all of us women in, in our day-to-day lives, on our social media feeds, um, and in our hopes and fears in our brain. I mean, and for many women, they have experienced the joys and the loss and the heartache of many of those things, you know, they may have suffered infertility before a successful birth and then endured a miscarriage between the first and second birth. I mean, these are in my world talking women, these are common stories, you know, the, the kind of idealized version of this event, you get married, you have your two to three kids and life looks the way it's supposed to on Insta is not what most people are experiencing. No. Um, complex obstetric histories and infertility are commonplace in my world. And so, yeah, absolutely. And I think we're doing a better job as women of sharing that with one another, of normalizing it and of looking, of kind of being accepting of one another's journeys and, and just generally supportive of the fact that it's different for each person. And what we know is the same for all of us is that it's emotional. It's emotional, it's physical, it's exhausting, it, and, and it's wonderful and joyous all at the same time. All right. Can we do a little, I don't know if it's necessarily fun or not, but maybe some like frequently asked questions of a, an OB or a myth versus fact. I don't necessarily have a list for you. I thought that maybe we could just kind of laugh alongside one another with it or make it serious. Um, one thing that came to mind and <laughs> I saw this speaking of my love hate relationship for social media. I saw it on social media. Um, but it was, I think a labor and delivery nurse. She does all things regarding that. And she wrote 
she made it fun. She tries to make, you know, these tough conversations or serious topics, a little lighthearted, but the one that she really was kind of making fun of, she said, okay, if you're worried about shaving or waxing or anything like that, if you think your doctor is worried about that, then you have the wrong doctor. And I just had to laugh out loud because I was like, oh my gosh, where in our minds have we gone where we're like, okay, this is what is normal. This is what needs to be done. If it's not this way, then I'm not supposed to be here. <laughs> Any yeah. thoughts on that? Well, sure. I mean, it definitely does come up. I've definitely um, <laughs> had patients kind of be like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was going to happen today. I wasn't prepared. And uh, as the labor and delivery nurse is re- kind of referencing, I always reassure people, trust me, this is not what I am spending time thinking about. And <laughs> I, I am, I'm seeing many, many people every day. So I, nothing, nothing you got going on is, is rocking my world right now. Everything, (laughs) this is all kind of standard operating procedure. So yeah, I I think I can safely reassure everyone that your OB, your labor and delivery nurse does not care. They don't care. Just (laughs) go. (laughs) That's the most important thing. Exactly. We're, you know, we are focused on the health and safety of the mom and the baby. We are not focused on yeah, the color of the toenails and whether everything is cropped <laughs> and ready to go. <laughs> uh, what else have you heard or want to like squash as far as myths and, and whatnot when it comes to what you do? Sure. So, um, you know, a few things that often come up at early visits, um, and I'll put a little disclaimer just that, you know, every individual and every individual pregnancy is different and everyone should talk with their own physician who knows their full medical history. But in general, if things are going normally without complication, uh, physical exercise to the degree you were exercising prior to pregnancy is safe and can and should continue because it's going to make you feel better and it's going to help you to manage stress and weight and kind of all the changes you're going through in pregnancy help you to maintain your core, maintain that pelvic floor, especially if you're doing exercises aimed at those two core core areas of importance. Um, Another one that I get frequently in the early visit is questions about can can we have sex? Yes. Again, as long as things are going normally and you haven't been advised otherwise by your physician or midwife, you can have sex during pregnancy. The baby is well protected way up in the uterus. Um, let's see here. Other things I frequently end up talking about are the dietary restrictions in pregnancy. So um, mm. there's a lot of confusion or misunderstanding about why you're being instructed to avoid certain foods. Um, So I like to help people understand that most of the food restrictions in pregnancy are aimed at preventing contraction of listeria, which can be a form of food poisoning during pregnancy because it can have very serious impacts on the pregnancy. Um, I try to reassure people if you found out you ate something that wasn't pasteurized or you found out you ate some meat that wasn't as fully cooked as you would have liked, 
you know, don't stress because probably nothing is going to happen because when you've eaten unpasteurized or medium rare meat in the past, you usually didn't get food poison and you're probably not going to this time either. So uh, just providing some reassurance there around diet is something I spend time talking about. Um, I guess another one that comes up that people often forget about is your facial cleansers, lotions, and makeup, uh, making sure wow. they don't contain any retinoid or retin-A products. Uh, those are a no-no in pregnancy. So make sure to read the back of the label of all of your cleansing and facial care products when you find out you're pregnant. And why um, is that? Uh, so the retinoid family, retin-A products, high-dose vitamin A, can actually cause uh, congenital abnormalities in the baby. Oh, okay. You know, Again, as with all things, you know, dose and frequency of exposure are paramount. So if you found out that your cleanser had something in it and you were using it for two weeks after you found out you were pregnant, it's probably going to be fine. Just discontinue using it, switch it up, notify your provider, but unlikely it'll be a problem. But best practice is to switch to something like a glycolic acid that isn't going to give you any risk during the pregnancy. Those are, those are a few of the things that I feel like come up that people don't think about. Do you have any other ideas, Jill, from thinking about your own pregnancies? Yeah, I was, the exercise was one of those things too. Like, okay, also, if you haven't been doing these strenuous exercises, I remember saying, oh, I'd like to start spinning. And they're like, no, <laughs> don't start spinning now. Like, don't start taking on these strenuous exercises if you haven't been doing them already. Do you agree with that? Yeah. So I tell people now, you know, early pregnancy is not a great time to start training for something new. You know, if you were exercising regularly prior to pregnancy, your cardiovascular system was in training. Um, mm -hmm. And so it's going to uh, endure the transformations in your physiology better and allow for that ongoing exercise. Um, when you're pregnant, your heart is working a lot harder to pump all that extra blood volume. And so if your heart wasn't previously well-trained from a cardio standpoint, um, now's not the time you want to add stress and push it. So I tell folks that weren't exercising prior to pregnancy, hey, you should stay active, keep walking, you know, you know, be active in your daily life. But yeah, I wouldn't start Orange Theory if that wasn't a part of your world before pregnancy. <laughs> Maybe after, but not right now. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things too. And, and I don't know how you do this. I know that you advise your clientele to not try to be stressed out. Um, I think probably one of the hardest things for me when I was pregnant is especially that advanced maternal age that was given to me, that lovely title, um, <laughs> I That's feel I, I, wanna, I was an elderly multigravita <laughs> as well. I <laughs> okay, well, I want to talk about that a little bit before we wrap up because I feel like that's changing. Um, but it was hard. I was stressed out because because of that title. Like, oh my gosh, this could 
be this. And, and I cannot control any of it. There's nothing that I can control. There's only the guidelines of what I do to keep myself safe, keep my baby safe. But that was a major factor for me mentally where I feel like at times I could not enjoy the pregnancy at all. I get this question. I'm so glad you brought this up. I get this question a ton and love having the opportunity to reassure a larger group of women on this topic. So the first thing to know if you're in your early to mid 30s, about to cross that line in the sand 35, and I tell this to folks all the time, is, you know, this is a gradual process, not a cliff. You don't wake up the day you turn 35 and suddenly you are a high risk person because you are 35. The advanced maternal age designation is really in reference to and around your risk of genetic abnormalities linked to egg quality. So as we get into our mid and then eventually our late 30s, our egg quality does decline and your risk of having baby with chromosomal abnormalities like Down syndrome starts to rise and then more rapidly in your late 30s and then very rapidly in your early 40s, that risk does rise, okay? But outside of that increased risk of genetic abnormalities and miscarriage related to genetic abnormalities, you know, a healthy 35 to early 40-year-old woman who doesn't have a lot of medical problems and is normal weight for height you know, it's going to have a very good likelihood of having a normal pregnancy. Okay. So that, that designation is about genetics and egg quality more than it is about your actual pregnancy risk. Now, that being said, the prevalence of medical issues like high blood pressure and diabetes is higher as we age. Okay, so more women between 35 and 40 have those sorts of problems. But if you're 35 to 40 and you're healthy, you're exercising, you're in good shape, you should have a lot of reason to feel good about your chances of having a uncomplicated, healthy pregnancy. Thank you for stating it that way, because (laughs) that's not always how it's stated. And I just see this difference in ages now, like between you and me and how our, what, like where we are, I don't know. Do you feel that there are definitely, you're seeing this a little bit more than you oh, did before? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, there's good data, city, state, national, that the average age at first birth is going up in this country. And it's related to a lot of things. It's related to, Uh, delayed childbearing because of women entering higher education, um, long training paths associated with higher education. It's related to later age for marriage for many folks. Um, It's also related to, you know, people are generally having less kids and more conscientious in planned pregnancies about the expense and time and, you know, the whole experience of raising children in today's world is expensive, time consuming, and people are delaying in response to that. So this issue is coming up more and more. I'm having more conversations about freezing eggs for women Mm -hmm. in their 30 to 35 range who don't have a partner, but want to preserve the opportunity to have children at some point. 
So absolutely, these these issues aren't going anywhere. They are they are more and more prevalent. Well, before you give out your information for individuals who want to get a hold of you, I can tell that. I mean, as a professional of what you do, obviously you're continuing to educate yourself on all the things, but what I see and from what I've heard in this conversation and then our previous conversation, you go beyond that and you're always looking for the criteria or the knowledge to help in whatever situation someone may be in. So I'm excited that I have you as a resource because I know that there's going to be something that comes up that I'm going to be like, Dr. Walsh, do you have an answer for this? And you're going to be like, yep, I sure do. And you're going to come back on the podcast. So I appreciate what you're doing for women, not only here in the St. Louis area, but in other places, because it just, it's nice to know that there's someone in our corner that wants to find the solution that wants to make sure that we're not just doing a band-aid to fix something here, but then something else comes like the just thought process behind it all. I'm just very appreciative of it. Oh, thanks, Jill. Well, and and thank you for having me back on. I really appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk to a lot of women at once and kind of give them some additional information, hopefully help them to feel not alone as they navigate this often complicated path we're all on. Um, It it really is my pleasure. I I love being a lifelong learner. And I think if we kind of keep our eye on the prize of really just taking care of women, we we can't go wrong in this subspecialty. So that's always my goal. Well, how can individuals get a hold of you if they want to pick your brain or learn more, make an appointment, all the things? Absolutely. So for general obstetrics and gynecology care, you can reach us at our offices by calling 314-567-5017. And for ladies who are interested in discussions about perimenopause, menopause, and weight loss, uh, you can call for an in-person appointment at 314-279- six zero six nine or you can book online at stlwomenslifestylesolutions.com i will have all of this linked up at the show notes at jilldevine.com dr walsh thank you so much for your time and thank you for being the lifelong learner that i am not but i can come to you for (laughs) (laughs) my pleasure jill thank you so much one more shout out to elemental aesthetics and what they can do for you they are a sponsor of the podcast and they have some really cool specials happening in may one of them the back facial have you ever had a back facial so this is something that women don't realize that they need and will benefit from So what I encourage you to do is check out Elemental Aesthetics to see a little bit more about that. But you can get a back facial for only $100 in the month of May. Now, there's another fan favorite, the Cool Peel, that people are talking about. It's $100 off this month. So check out Elemental Aesthetics, everything that they can offer you and help with, you know, your overall well-being or just a little bit of pampering. Oh, I want to mention the infrared sauna and the salt room. 
two things you can tack on to the end or the beginning of your service to just enhance everything, especially with the allergies. Oh my gosh. Either one of those is going to be a big, big help for you. So elementalaesthetics.com. And when you make your appointment, mention my name and you'll get a little goodie back. I would also encourage you to check out jilldevine.com for every single episode of Two Kids and a Career and some other tips. Um, you know, we have all kinds of different blogs there that some of the interns with Jill Divine Media have wrote, and they're really awesome. So check that out, jilldevine.com. And as always, thank you for your support of Two Kids and a Career.